On today's episode of Scientific Healing, you're going to hear somebody comes to you and they have type 2 diabetes. And what's the, the typical result that you get with somebody like that? Well, A, number one, it depends on why can't they regulate their blood sugar. There could be any number of reasons, and if you worked up a hundred people on why they can't regulate their blood sugar, they would there would be a hundred different reasons. And so we have to find out why specifically for them, why can't you regulate your blood sugar? Certainly, for the majority of people, it is not a problem with their pancreas secreting insulin. Here is today's scientific healing tip. Hi, this is Dr. Anastasia Chopolis, and one of the questions and one of the concerns that many people um, talk to me about during their uh, calls and during the classes is, I wished I would have known about this earlier. I would not have done the things that I've done in my life. And a lot of people think that they're in the wrong place and at the wrong time. But I'm here to tell you that there's nothing further from the truth. You are exactly where you need to be. I've been in many, many situations where I thought those same things to myself and later did the gift of being in those places come out and I discovered that being sick, for example, being so sick that I only had two good hours a day taught me to value my time, not only that, but it also led me down the path to becoming a healer. So you may be in a crappy relationship, a crappy job, something that you absolutely hate doing. You may be in a house that you don't wanna be living in. It's too small or it's too big or it's in the wrong location. Just trust me, the path in your life is exactly laid out for you to learn to be the best person you can be. Everything is laid out in the perfect sequence for you to become the magnificent person that you were meant to be. And not that you're not magnificent now, it's just that you're not enjoying things at the moment. So just step back for a moment and think about it, that you're exactly where you need to be and don't regret anything for a second. And that is the perspective of having gone through lots and lots of trials and lots and lots of challenging situations. So just remember every challenge is actually an opportunity to expand your consciousness and to learn. Thank you. Hello everyone, you're listening to Scientific Healing and I'm your host, Dr. Anastasia Choplis. I know the power of vibrational healing by combining physics and ancient healing arts to develop my own system that has facilitated medical miracles for thousands of my clients and students. Get help from me with your free powerful healing audio at scientifichealer.com. This 11-minute wake-up-your-brain audio leaves you refreshed and energized. I saw my next guest, Dr. Stephen Wander, speak at Harvard and was so inspired by his story, I invited him onto my show. As Dr. Stephen was growing up, he watched his grandmother suffer and die of diabetes and thyroid issues. He watched her being fed more and more medications, making matters worse, not better. As he watched conventional treatments fail, he was inspired to study nutrition and chiropractic then functional medicine to solve chronic problems that Western Western medicine has failed to solve. 
His work is well-known nationally and has been featured in popular magazines and television shows and is the author of Reverse Your Diabetes, Change Your Life and Secrets to Weight Loss Success. He runs a very successful clinic in Rockville, Maryland, where people are waiting in line to get treatment. I was lucky enough to procure an interview with him. So welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me. Everybody has a really personal story on how they started down to pat the path to helping people with whatever they do. So in your case, it would be helping people in the world of endocrinology, like balancing hormones and helping people with their thyroid, and uh, especially with diabetes. So could you tell us how you got started on that? Sure. I mean, when I was a teenager, I think 13 or 14 years old, I went out to lunch with my grandmother and grandfather, and the first thing my grandmother did was put out 13 pills in front of her. And I asked her, I was like, what are all those pills for? And she said, well, the first one's for my blood sugar, the second one is for my thyroid, the third one's for my cholesterol, the fourth one's for my triglycerides, the fifth one's for my high blood pressure, the sixth one's for the side effects of the first one, the seventh one for the side effects of the second one, and so on. And so I, I learned in an early, I, I learned early on that my grandfather taught us if something doesn't make sense, it usually is not true. And so when I was a young kid, that didn't make sense to me. And so that really instilled a fire in me to find out why she would possibly be on those medications. It just didn't make sense. And so. I just started looking and looking and looking and researching and researching and learning and learning until I could find out why that might be and how that's not the right way. The, the things that you do is called functional medicine. Could you uh, give a little definition of what that is? Sure. Functional medicine is the pra- practice of not just because someone has a symptom. The traditional model of care is, hey, you have this symptom. Here, take this pill, which is going to reduce or eliminate your symptom or reduce or reduce or increase your blood marker or test marker to look pretty on labs. Functional medicine is the practice of finding out why certain organs and organ systems are not working properly through testing. And then once you find the why, it's kind of like cheating on the test. You can figure out what to do to help the patient and therefore help the body then organize hormones, organize organs and organ systems, and therefore heal themselves. So in other words, a symptom is really like the red light on your dashboard, and taking the the traditional medicine is like cutting the wire to the red light. <laughs> so you're, yes. you're either not... Cutting, either cutting the wire... Sorry, either cutting the wire to the red light, or just putting a piece of black tape over the light and saying... Okay, we don't see that anymore. <laughs> exactly. You went to some sort of schooling for functional medicine. What what does that look like? Well, my undergraduate degree is in nutrition and clinical nutrition, and then my postgraduate degree is um, I'm a chiropractor, so I'm a doctor of chiropractic, and then all of my postgraduate study is dealing with functional endocrinology, functional medicine, and clinical nutrition. We talked earlier about that you can take clients or patients from all over the world. 
And um, so that is a really awesome. And I, I want to get into like how that looks like in, in a few minutes. So what do people commonly come to you for? Well, most people come, um, a, a good portion of our patient base are type 2 diabetics. Um, another large portion are people who think they have a thyroid problem, usually a low thyroid problem, and it's usually women. However, the Journal of Endocrinology and Metabolism, you know, has done many, many research papers, and they say that on the low end, 90% of women with, who are diagnosed with a low thyroid issue actually do not have a thyroid issue. They have an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's, which attacks the thyroid. So basically, if they're taking thyroid hormone for a problem that's not a thyroid problem, it's the equivalent of me doing an eye exam on you and then giving you a knee brace for the treatment. It's never going to work. <laughs> that's pretty That's pretty visual and vivid. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when, when you first contact with somebody, like, you know, if they were to call you up, uh, whether they're in your city or somewhere else, so, so how do you work with them? What happens? Um, well... You know, we go through what we start qualifying patients. A very important thing that we do, and as well as anyone new who wants to get into functional medicine, is you have to know that uh, not everyone is going to be a good fit for your practice. And you have to be okay in not accepting that patient because it's just going to cause a lot of frustration on both the practitioner as well as the patient's part. So the first thing we do is and an uh, initial call is we start the process of qualifying the patient, you know, right off the bat. And so uh, we want to make sure that we have a good fit for our office so we know we're working with the right people because there's nothing worse than, you know, trying to help someone. You do testing, you have all the answers, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, they're just not ready to follow instructions or not ready to do it or not at the proper motivation level to do what needs to be done. And it's just frustrating for both people. So right off the bat, we try to make sure we're dealing with someone who's going to be able to follow our instruction and has the proper motivation. Well, that's absolutely true. I think changing habits is one of the most onerous uh, problems in in anything, whether it's conventional medicine, um, energy healing, functional medicine, doesn't matter. Just getting somebody to change something, even though it benefits them greatly, is really, really tough. So exactly. That's and so. You know, we spend we spend a lot of time, you know, being extremely honest with people on what they will need to do before we even accept their case. Um, as you kind of mentioned before, you know, we have patients all over the world. We currently have about eight to ten patients, I think, who literally I have never met them and I couldn't recognize them on the street. Um, but with today's technology, with Skype, with email, with texting, um, you can pretty much see any patient you want to see. That's that's really awesome. So what, what will happen? Let, let's say um, uh, somebody comes to you and they have type 2 diabetes and... And what's the, the typical result that you get with somebody like that? Well, 
A, number one, it depends on why can't they regulate their blood sugar. There could be any number of reasons, and if you worked up 100 people on why they can't regulate their blood sugar, they would, there would be 100 different reasons. And so we'd have to find out why specifically for them, why can't you regulate your blood sugar? Certainly, for the majority of people, it is not a problem with their pancreas secreting insulin. Or certainly it's not a problem that they have too much metformin or glyburide or glipizide or glomipuride, actose, genuvia in their, in their, you know, they don't, they don't have a deficient amount of that. So that for their treatment is never going to happen to help them. So what you must do is find out why and you do that through testing. Very, very thorough, very individual testing, testing the blood, testing the urine, testing the stool testing for organic acid, testing for food sensitivities, testing saliva, testing hormones, testing cortisol production. And so depending on what is going on with the person, each individual person will then have a customized program specific for them that can be changed and edited based on how care goes to get the proper result. And we have numerous patients who actually become non-diabetic. In other words, on a blood test with no medications, their markers show that they actually have reversed the process. That's really, really awesome. I have I have similar results just from energy healing. These people are already doing all the right things and nothing's you know happening, but getting those added tests, especially with food sensitivities, would be um, you know, really beneficial to all those people. I want to remind all of our listeners that you're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. Today, my special guest is Dr. Stephen Wander. After the break, we'll dive deeper into his process. Hello, hello, this is Dr. Anastasia Chopolis, the Scientific Healer. And today on Raise Your Frequency, I'm going to talk about how distance healing works. And it's from a quantum mechanical or quantum physics perspective and how you can transcend separation to healing someone anywhere in the world. Quantum science is actually stranger than fiction. What is quantum physics? You hear all the time quantum this and quantum that. Quantum is like quantity. It means that there is a discrete, quantum is a discrete amount. It's all about the behavior of tiny particles at the atomic or the subatomic level. And they don't do what large objects do. In fact, compared to what our large objects do, <laughs> their behavior is actually very bizarre. So now if you imagine that every electron that is around every atom needs to be accounted <laughs> for from zero to infinity, what is that saying? That's saying that all um, electrons are actually able to interact with all atoms in the universe. So that means that we are all connected just by virtue of quantum physics. And the way it actually works is that until you find where the electron is, the electron exists in all space. It is actually a waveform that continues in all space. So now you have this electron that's this waveform that occupies all space or is infinite. 
So that means that every particle is connected to every other particle and everything is connected all the time. That means that the possibility of distance healing, in other words, me sitting here and you sitting wherever you are, that if I, if I do some energy work, like I shift your energy field or I clean your energy field up, I bring you here in front of me. I've transcended the distance and I work on you right here because this is our physical reality, right? So, um, so science actually shows you how energy healing can work at a distance. So what I've talked about today are two things. One is that we're all connected and two, quantum physics tells us that we can transcend distance in an instant. In other words, you can be here and show up over here in an instant, right? In, in, in the energy world. But what I want to tell you is that you all, because this is reality for all of us, you all can do the same things. You know that you're connected to everyone. You know that you can transcend distance and that you can heal yourself. And you can also hear your family members, your friends, your clients. Everybody has this ability to heal. And what I'd like to do is I've reserved time on my calendar to have a conversation because I'm opening up a comprehensive, full-blown healing program for you to be able to do all of this on your own. And I have, because I'm a scientist, I've created a series of protocols to be able to, for you to connect and do all of those things that I can do. I've taught other people to do this, these things like, um, processing processes and healing cancer processes and helping people have more energy get more sleep um, heal chronic diseases all of these things I've helped them actually um, do this for other people and the results are very rapid so I'm I'm I have put together I've taught little courses like this before but this is now a more comprehensive course and based on the results from the other courses I have developed a brand new program there's a link for scheduling an appointment for with me right there so when you're ready to uh, work with me or to have speak with me about this I'm happy to connect with you Welcome back. You're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Choplis. You can discover more about scientific healing and the deceptively simple processes for helping my students get to their next level of success in their practices. Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me. Before the break, we were talking to Dr. Stephen Wander about functional medicine and what a powerful technique it is for getting to the real cause of chronic disease. Let's continue this conversation. And, and let's talk about a really tough case. You know, sometimes there's a tough case sure. where you have to you you have to pull back layers and layers and layers. So how how did you approach that and what was the result? Well, we had a tough case one time that was a very large gentleman probably weighing over 350 pounds. He was on triple digit units of insulin per day. And when we worked him up, we found out that, you know, he thought he was a type 2 diabetic, but he was actually what's called a type 1.5 diabetic, which means he had an autoimmune aspect to his case. And when we actually did his blood test, he actually had 
for layman's terms, an allergy to the insulin he was taking multiple times per day. Wow. And so when, when we were able to actually find out why he wasn't regulating his blood sugar, and then as his blood sugars would start to normalize, his, his, his primary care physician would start to decrease his units of insulin until eventually he was on no insulin at all. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, his primary care doctor did not uh, know the proper test to do to even find out if he was allergic to insulin, and he was on multiple units of insulin per day. So that he was able to lose uh, over 100 pounds. He was able to then start working, to start moving and exercising, and basically his life was changed. Yeah, you basically saved his life. And just just for the listeners to know that um, blood sugar goes up for almost any stressful reason. And uh, some people can regulate it and some people can't. And, you know, the underlying reasons have to be just just for people to be aware. Like if you're stressed out, if you have a, an infection, um, if you're allergic to something, it can just ri- make your blood pressure go up. So that was the case in his case. He was allergic to the insulin. <laughs> Not the insulin itself, but probably the carrier. <laughs> and, right. And, and it made his blood sugar worse. <laughs> exactly. And he was doing that for many, many, many years. Man, his poor liver was probably also tired. Oh, yeah. His liver enzymes were high. He had fatty, fatty liver or non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver, which is when one or more of the liver enzymes and the triglycerides are high. People don't realize that a lot of them are on statin drugs, and that actually causes diabetes. Yes, I'm, I'm aware, and it's actually a very high statistic. It's something like 8% or 12% of the people that take statins end up diabetic. It's Yeah, <laughs> we, so that's, you know, a very important part of our intake process. When we get people's medications, not only do we want to know what medications they're on, but we want to know the timeline. In other words, were you on a statin first, and then you became diagnosed as diabetic? And, you know, we can show them the research showing that, you know, it's a strong possibility that the the actual statin caused you to become diabetic, which is very unfortunate. We're also finding nowadays that a lot of people are being given statins when they're becoming, when they're diabetic, and their doctor says, well, I know you're, I know your cholesterol is fine right now, but eventually it's not going to be, so you might as well start taking this now, which really infuriates me because there's not one medication that's been produced that is supposed to be preventative in nature. No, and on top of that, um, looking at the statistics, I wrote a book on on lowering cholesterol, and the statistics show that less than 1% of the people benefit. In fact, it's something like 0.6% of the people benefit, maybe benefit from it, but yet uh, up to 12% suffer from side effects, become diabetic, end up with muscular damage, and so on. And uh, And also dementia is a huge problem. So, uh, well, dementia, dementia and Alzheimer's is now, you know, it's called sugar brain or type 3 diabetes. So most people aren't aware that there's actually four types of diabetes. There's type 1, which is an autoimmune disease where your pancreas is not working. Mm-hmm. And there's type 2, which most people think they are. And there's type 3, which is sugar brain or Alzheimer's. And then there's type 1.5, which I mentioned before, mm-hmm. which means the person has an autoimmune uh, component to their case, meaning 
uh, they have an autoimmune disease, um, and it can be any autoimmune disease. It could be Hashimoto's. It could be Graves. It could be rheumatoid arthritis. It could be uh, multiple sclerosis, lupus, etc. And so, you know, really, we have a lot of patients come into our office who think they're diabetic, who actually wind up being really more of an autoimmune patient, and vice versa. Yeah, and so autoimmune is uh, really huge right now. And so you help reverse those those problems too? Well, an autoimmune disease is genetic. So technically, you're born with the gene and you will die with the gene. However, with any type of autoimmune disease or uh, genetic problem, there's a, you know, there's a field of study called epigenetics, meaning mm-hmm. above the genetics. So just because you have the actual disease, you must turn these genes on. And so just as the genes can be turned on, the genes can also be turned off. So technically, you would still have the diagnosis of that autoimmune disease. But the triggers which cause the symptoms can all be uh, eliminated, reduced, and uh, stopped, arrested, based on finding the triggers on what's causing them and then reducing or eliminating them while the person actually still has the actual diagnosis, they don't have any more of the symptoms or problems. Yeah, that was this very superb um, explanation, is very superb. You know, you have the genes, but it doesn't need need to be expressed. You can turn them back off change, by changing your behavior. So that's, that's what I heard. Correct. Is, right, awesome. Correct. So, um, you know, there are a lot of functional medicine doctors. What makes you different from other people with your skill set? Well, there are a lot of excellent functional medicine doctors around the country and and around the world. I can just tell, you know, uh, uh, when I take on a case, I will put 100% of my effort into that case to help that patient. As a matter of fact, the other day we didn't take a patient, and uh, the, pa- the patient was actually very upset with me, <clears throat> and I asked her why is she so upset, and she was like, well, I have this problem, I'm confident that you can help me with this problem, but you're not telling me you're not going to help me with the problem, and I said, well, let's, you know, switch sides of the desk, I was like, if I asked you your, you know, your original motivation on a scale of zero to hundred to do whatever needs to be done to get this thing under control, and you told me 70, 75%, well, that's why I didn't take your case. But let's say I asked you that question and you said, well, of course I'm at 100%. I will do whatever I need to do to get better. And then you asked me as the patient, well, doc, what is your level of motivation to getting me better? And I told you, well, my level was 70 to 75%. You would think I was a jerk. So... What, what differs me, and I'm sure there's other practitioners who also do this, is that once I take your case on, I'm going to go through whatever means necessary it is to find out what's causing your issues and help you. And so I will find out what tests to do. I will do whatever needs to be done. I will talk to whoever I need to talk to, find out anyone who knows subject matter on these particular issues, and make sure we get the job done. That's awesome. And I, I completely agree. I also do a, a client filtering process. And um, when I hear they're not willing to do any changes 
like you, I, I just say you, you're better served somewhere else. You know, I can't. Right. I mean, for us, we, but this is the end of 2017. We're talking a couple of days before Christmas. We did an analysis of our practice this year, and we found that um, we only take 20 patients a month. Mm-hmm. And we found that we have approximately 623, on average, applicants that want to become a patient, and we only take 20. And so we're very selective about making sure that we're going to make sure we find a patient who is a good fit. So um, it's very important. It's probably the most important part of the process that we do because we know if you have the right motivation, you will do what needs to be done, no matter what we tell you. And if you can do that, you will get fantastic results. I think that's with everything. If you give it your all, whatever it is that you endeavor, what if you give it your all, um, you know, if one thing doesn't work, you'll do something else. And if that doesn't work, you'll do something else. And you keep working on it until you figure it out. <laughs> that, that's exactly. with, and, that's and with, with everything. And with, and, with, and with patients, you know, it's, it's even my staff, you know, they know they can actually physically visualize and look at a patient when they come in and they almost know before I even get to the patient. That's, that's really great. You must have an awesome staff. (laughs) I do. (laughs) So, um, can you give people a couple of top tips, you know, some things like, um, you know, there's usually a commonality amongst the people that are in that kind of trouble. Um, so in in my cases, I, I, I tell them to help with posture and things like that because the biochemistry in the body has a two-way conversation with the physical, right? So if you're standing up straight and smiling, your, your hormones change almost instantaneously. So what could you, what could you offer to people who are listening right now? Well, I think first people need to make sure that they're finding a practitioner who is willing and able to look at their case from sort of, you know, maybe 30,000 feet above the ground, like looking down, making sure that they're finding everything that needs to be done and find a practitioner who can speak to you in language and words that you understand because I have had experience over the last 20 years that if a patient understands why they need to do something, they will become much more compliant. So it's important that they speak up when they don't understand something or if something doesn't make sense to them, they they make sure they get their answers, their questions answered by their practitioner. And, and you know, they the patient has to take uh, responsibility for their health, meaning you know, they need to look at when they're given information, they need to be honest and can they follow it? Do they have a person, you know, a common thing that people need is someone in their family or a friend who is a really good support person for them, meaning they're not just going to, you know, poke them and nag them into doing things when they make a mistake, but is there to support them the whole way through. Because, you know, a patient is only in the office for a certain amount of time in a month and a week, whatever the case may be, but they're home all the time. They're with their loved ones all the time. And so if I said one thing would be they need someone who's going to kind of 
help them and hold their hand a little bit through the process, whether that be by email, phone, text, you know, it doesn't have to be someone who's in their physical location. That's that. That's really, really superb, excellent advice. And that language thing, that's one of my things because I hear so many practitioners use um, too high a level language and it loses, people get lost and then they can't, they can't work from there. Just like not, it does not, exactly. right? They can't do anything about their health if they don't know what they're supposed to do and why. Why is a lot of the problem. Yeah. Right. So, um, <clears throat> what's the biggest lesson, like you've been in practice for quite some time, what's the biggest lesson you learned that to do over again you would pass on to someone who's just starting out a practice? The biggest lesson I would teach to someone who's just starting out a practice is to understand that, you know, while you may be there to help anyone and everyone get better, anyone and everyone is not necessarily ready to get better. And you need to be able to spot that and really to do that patient a favor and say, you know, I don't think you're ready to do this right now based on what you've told me. And I don't want you to waste your time effort, energy, and money, I think we have to wait until the situation is more ice you so you can succeed. Because if we tried now, I don't think we succeed because I don't think you would be able to do it. And so they have to be able to be honest with the patient um, uh, about, ex you know, realistic expectations and what's to be expected. And when they really feel in their gut, that you, this is not a good fit for whatever reason, they need to be able to honestly tell the patient that. That's really, really great advice because nobody wants to waste, look, you're wasting the, the client or patient's time and money and you're wasting your time where you could be actually helping someone who's ready to go, you know, and is highly motivated to do whatever it takes. Exactly. That's Exactly. That's superb. So you, I've gone through your website, and for people to find you, your website is dcfunctionalhealth.com. There is no punctuation in the DC functional, functional health. And, um, you know, I, I would ask everybody to go and read your blog. You have some really excellent articles on, on you know, why it doesn't work. Like one of the biggest problems, like one of your articles is, um, why am I dieting and exercising and my weight's still the same? <laughs> That's a really, really a common problem. It's very common, and especially amongst postmenopausal women, I can I can bring you like hundreds of them, <laughs> right. me included. Well, <laughs> the thing that people, or women, or anyone in general, really need to realize is that you know there's no one diet. There's no one, everyone has unique biochemistry, unique physiology, and so there could never be one thing that works for everyone. It's just impossible. So when people say, you know, well, what is your diet? Well, what is your, you know, nutrition program? I'm like, you you know, well, Cindy, your name's Cindy, you're going to do the Cindy program. Bill, you're going to do the Bill program. Tommy, you're going to do the Tommy program. Melissa, you're going to do the Melissa program. And so there can't be one, it is not one size fits all. That's awesome. 
So I I am so delighted that you were able to take some time out of your busy schedule and to talk to all the listeners. And I'm sure they're going to want to go to your website at dcfunctionalhealth.com and get familiar with you. So thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're most welcome. Thank you for listening to Scientific Healing and for my wonderful guest, Dr. Stephen Wander. You can learn more about him at dcfunctionalhealth.com. That's one word, no punctuation, dcfunctionalhealth.com. Let's you and I connect. Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash contact to ask any questions or concerns you might have or even requests for future topics. When you are ready to build your practice as a healer or coach, I reserve time on my calendar just for you at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. This is Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. Until next time.